Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of FinTech Fridays. I'm Brian View, President, Chief Operating Officer of FinLocker, and joining me is Ali Cardi. Ali, welcome to my humble little podcast. Thank you, Brian. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm glad we we connected. So I want to get into kind of all kinds of stuff about how we connected on through social media and then, you know, some of the things you're doing that are awesome in that space. But before we do that, let's let you introduce yourself, tell the audience kind of who you are, who you're with, how you got into this crazy mortgage, you know, industry, and tell us a little bit about Active Comply and all the great things you guys are doing to to help your clients uh, in the industry. 100%. Um, so I think you and I first met over LinkedIn um, and we had kind of connected, you know, I think we're on a similar path of, you know, just bringing the American dream to more people. Right. Um, so a little bit about me. I grew up in a mortgage household. My mom always told me I was going to be second generation girl banker. Um, <laughs> and as a six, seven year old, I didn't really know what that meant. So growing up, I always heard FHA, non-QM, like all these different. Oh, man. <laughs> um, and I just chose, you know, like, that's not for me. You know, I, I was 10 through 2008. So I remember just the cyclical feeling of like budgeting and, you know, having to save. That was something that I didn't know I wanted in a career. Um, but I always kept it back of my mind. And so I went to Florida State. I got the opportunity to be a part of the sales team there. Go Knowles. Yes. <laughs> and so through the sales team, they, they really just sparked this interest in me to maybe not have that typical nine to five, have the ability to connect with people, you know, add value. And I didn't know what I wanted to sell yet, but I knew that I wanted to be able to help people and talk to people a lot. You know, I'm yeah. the person in the elevator that is like, Oh, nice shoes. You know, like just, small talk. I'm, I work from home right now. And that's something that I, I go get lunch, you know, so I knew that I wanted to have a non nine to five conversational job. And as I graduated, a uh, company Oracle recruited me through our mm -hmm. um, career fair. And so I went and worked for Oracle for a couple months. Uh, I had a company that Dell recruited me and asked me to move to Nashville, work in person. I really liked that idea. So I moved to Nashville and a couple months in the, into the job, Blake Boss, um, who is with Active Comply, he's very yeah. well known on LinkedIn. He reached out to me and was like, hey, um, our parents work together at an IMB in Florida. And so he said, hey, I know your mom has mortgage experience when you come work for Active Comply. And I was like, no way. Like, that's <laughs> just not for me. Like, all you, but not me. And he was like, well, just come to a conference. I'll, we'll, we'll fly down. We'll, we'll make it worth your while. I just want to see if you'd like it. And I'm like, all right. So I fly down to Miami, you know, it's really fun experience. It is that face-to-face -face interaction that the virtual atmosphere has kind of taken away. Yep. And I just loved it. So I joined Active Comply in June and I've just been kind of trucking along. It's been really fun to learn not only the industry, but more about social media. Because personally, I have um, a pretty large following on Instagram and different social platforms. So it's always been something that I have found a passion in is like just studying marketing, the psychology behind why people engage with certain people on social media and 
influencers, you know, finfluencers. Um, And so I kind of have just found my niche here in the mortgage industry. I've felt so fortunate, you know, I think I've gone to 12 different conferences since joining Active Comply. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) And I just think it's, I feel so grateful. You know, there's very, it's very rare to be at a conference and people be the same age as me. And I think that there's such a niche as I've gone through these conferences, you know, marketing the Gen Z, how to reach Gen Z. Um, There's been so many sessions that I've sat through and I'm like looking around the room and it's like all of these parents, like my mom's age, and they're talking about their kids and they're like, well, my kid thinks this and, you know, my nephew does this. And I'm looking around and I'm like, I am 24, you know, I can, I can kind of vouch for my, my friends and my age group. So it's been really fun to learn about. And I think uh, this influencer thing on LinkedIn, you, that's kind of how you and I first got engaged over like socials. I don't think we've actually ever met in person. No, we missed each other uh, uh, at a recent series of conferences that your team kind of divided and conquered. And you went to San Diego. I was in the other conference in Vegas. So, but I'm sure It'll be, you know, one of the upcoming events we'll get to finally meet uh, virtually, which will be cool. Not virtually, live, I should say. Well, in person, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I don't even, I don't even know what virtual versus live versus in person yeah. means. <laughs> video content makes some people feel that way. Yeah. I um, was on a Zoom yesterday, and I'm going to a conference um, later this month, and I was like, oh my gosh, I, I'm going to meet all you guys and actually be able to put a face to a name. It'll be nice. So. So I want to unpack a couple of things that you covered. Um, and one thing that, that, that struck me was uh, at Florida state, you talked about the sales team. Can you maybe go into a little bit of that? Cause I I'm familiar with um, maybe a similar program that Michigan state, you can see yes, Michigan state over my shoulder. Um, yeah. So Florida state, Blake boss also was a part of the sales team. I was a marketing major and I was kind of really struggling to find my passion Um, I think growing up, my mom being in the mortgage industry, she's always had a really big why behind her job. Uh, For instance, we were in the, we were on some very nice vacation in the Virgin Islands and she was up at 2 a.m. on the deck of the boat (laughs) because someone was at the closing table in Florida and they couldn't close on their home. And I was like, mom, you're on vacation. And she was like, Allie, I get to do this. She's like, this is something that I want to do. And I really took that with me as I started evaluating different companies and working with the sales. Well, being a marketing major, I was like, I'm not passionate about this. You know, I don't feel like I I wake up every morning and think I get to do a career like this. So uh, I found the sales program and it just got my brain juices flowing. It got me so excited. Um, Our sales professor, the first class really just, helped you figure out if this is something for you and it made you really uncomfortable. You had to do a one minute elevator speech. Yeah. You had to build a resume, build a LinkedIn, give out 10 business cards at a networking event. Um, It was just those types of instances where I remember being so scared to go into those different types (laughs) of testing environments and they made me so much better on the back end. So the sales program is something that competes nationally now. And Michigan State, I think, is one of the other schools that competes nationally. Yeah. And you just do role plays. You know, you do the whole spin selling. Um, I don't know. My mom always calls it Dennis Black training, where, like, you do a training and you sit down and you um, build rapport, you know, do the whole sales cycle. And 
it got me so excited. It was like, this is something that I could see myself doing every day. And so I always like to highlight it. Do, are you familiar with the sales program or just the idea of? I'm, I am. I'm familiar um, through my, my, one of my sons, he's 27. His college roommate at Michigan state was part of the inaugural, the very first team cool. that Michigan state kind of stood up. And so, and I'm, I'm a Michigan state alum. So I'm like, man, that, how cool would it have been way back when in the nineties or late eighties, um, you know, if, if this would have been available to, to someone like me. And, and so it's, it's what I love about it is it's taking it to me, it's teaching real life applications, right? It's not textbook learnings. These most of sadly, most of what you learn in college textbook stuff, you're never going to use. Um, but this is like a real life application on how do you, how do you, engage at a conference where you walk in and you don't know anybody in the room. Yeah. I love it. So yeah. So it's been really cool. And I think, um, as I've, so I actually recently got awarded the diversity and inclusion scholarship through the MBA. Oh, awesome. It's something I really want to do is further my education. And as I've been thinking about like, I'm one so thankful for my ability to have a higher education, but I still have this drive to want to be curious and learn more, especially about our industry and, I remember when I graduated or earned my stripes from the sales program, they were like, never stop learning, never right. stop being genuinely curious about everything in our world. And that's really what I, I feel like fueled my want to further my education in the mortgage industry is really that mindset that they give us in a program like that. Yeah. And, you know, geometry. I couldn't tell you a, like <laughs> anything that I took from that class, but an elevator speech. I'll get in an elevator with someone who I've done a lot of research on and I want to ask them about something because yeah. of a program like that. I love it. I, lo- I think it's so cool. So let's um, let's talk a little bit about Active Comply. And um, I'm familiar with, with your company and how you help um, folks in the industry kind of stay in the guardrails of compliance as it relates to uh, social media. Uh, but maybe just share, you know, uh, quickly kind of, you know, your elevator pitch yeah. uh, and all things active comply. Cause one of, one of the things I try to do on this podcast is learn myself, but also educate our audience on some cool companies and, and products and platforms that are out there. So this is your opportunity to shine. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. So I think really the why behind active comply is to help these lending institutions reach maybe untouched borrowers or prospective clients that, may not feel capable to buy a home or may not even think about it. Um, so I think that that's what really intrigued me with the company is we're able to reach a whole different group of individuals through a platform like social media. So while we sell a solution that helps compliance and the social media aspect, um, cause compliance cannot always be fun to talk about, but you have to have it. Otherwise these institutions fall apart. And I think Active Comply gives IMBs, banks, credit unions the ability to use social media compliantly with a peace of mind. And it also gives their loan officers the freedom to also build like their own brand right. to reach that next gen home buyer and be present. Because I don't know if you've done any research on some of the influencers, but there are people who are generating opportunity and the IMBs and the credit unions and the banks that aren't allowing social media are going to miss out on that untouched opportunity that comes from individuals who may not use social media, you know, like it's a free platform for education um, for a lot of things, but also education. And yeah. 
So maybe some of those underserved communities who don't have the ability to get higher education or, you know, have conversations around homeownership, um, Active Comply gives companies the ability to touch those types of opportunities and talk about homeownership. So that's what really encourages me. Our system uses um, consumer access data to automatically monitor loan officers, um, licensed individuals to make sure that they are staying within those guardrails, like you said. Yeah, I think the way I think about it is, um, you know, a one-off loan officer or professional who's doing their thing on social media and maybe doing a great job um, is one thing. But if you're going to, if you're an institution with 50, 100, 200, 1,000, 2,000 individual professionals, you want to encourage, right? You want to encourage them promoting their own personal brand and by extension, the company brand. And But you but you have to stay in the guardrails. And so you guys are, you essentially allow kind of this hyper-local social media strategy at scale with the guardrails in place. And, and I think it's so important. Um, and it's also honestly, really good for recruiting. Yeah. Like, so those loan officers, you know, they may be at an institution that doesn't allow uh, social media. Yeah. So I feel like other employers who want top talent, they're going to say, hey, you know, we'll invest in this monitoring solution just so we can have that high producer who is reaching that untouched market that is that next generation of home buyers. So right. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that's. No, no, no. That, that's, that was perfect. It's, I think it, it's interesting. Yeah. I think the. Um, Look at social media is not going away. It's not a fad. <laughs> um, and you're, what you're doing, which is how we kind of got introduced to each other. That's where I want to go next. What you've been doing kind of as a, as a personal pet project, right, mm -hmm. is um, kind of interviewing and educating that next generation home buyer. And um, I, this is something that um, it's become kind of a recent interest to me um, and I'll, maybe even a recent passion just to understand the, 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 the reach and the scope of social media and helping build uh, financial fitness, financial literacy, financial education specific to home buying. And so let's talk a little bit about kind of these, I'm assuming they're Saturday morning, you know, walks in the park with Allie, so to speak, where <laughs> you're, you're doing these kind of interviews um, asking next generation home buyers kind of what what their thoughts are on all things you know home ownership how did that 100%. start so i mba imb back in january i remember sitting through a session and some of the most influential people in our industry in my mind were talking about social media tiktok things that i really cared about um but also just like i wrote down some statistics today um it was the average loan officer age is 46 yeah um, and it's down from 53 which is awesome but um you know i think the younger loan officers are starting to use social media and um nfm lending presented some data on their influencers and i was just like this is brilliant like there are so many people out there in my life who use tiktok for all their purchases um if, if they don't maybe want to buy a home through tiktok they yeah. at least get thoughts about it based on influencers in the business. So I just kind of sat there in the room and I raised my hand and I said, Hey, you know, I am a 24 year old. This is spot on. Um, I think whatever they're doing here is brilliant. And so after people came up and they were like, what do you mean? Like you're 24, like, let's talk about it. Like, what do you guys do? And 
So I just saw this avenue. Um, I know Kristen Masterly does great things with millennials and Gen Z and um, her data is fantastic. And I just really wanted to take the opportunity to have discussions with the people in my life about what they're actually thinking. Cause that's what these conferences are speculating right. about. So I uh, just kind of, I was talking to KP um, at the conference and I said, how do I plan this? And he's like, you don't, he's like, you, you just don't. jump into it. Yeah. And I was like, no, like I'm a young 24 year old. People aren't going to take me seriously. He's like, Ali, he's like, just talk about it. And so that conversation kind of just spurred this video series that I've become super passionate about, like you said, and, um, I think the American dream, you know, I was listening to a podcast about this SVB class and an economic economist. Yes. Um, was speaking about the importance, especially right now of ownership and just trying to have as many assets and property rights, because that's really how you express your freedom. And, you know, I'm not going to get into politics, but it just reminded me, you know, our generation, I don't want us to miss out on that. Right. Um, and as I've done these surveys where I've really wanted to partner with you in, in a series like this is education is so missed. And one thing about my friends is we're also really prideful. Yeah. So it's like, unless someone's barks up the conversation, they aren't going to come forward and say, Hey, teach me about this. Um, for instance, I, I think I was talking with Raquel Boris about this, but I have a friend in my life. I was over having dinner and, um, her boyfriend calls her and he's moving to Nashville in a couple weeks. And, uh, he was like, Oh, I got us a realtor. And I was like, <laughs> what? Evolved. um, and I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, well, you know, when I move there, you know, we're going to eventually want to buy a home. And so I got a realtor and I was like, do you realize all of the aspects that go into financing? And he's like, Ali, I don't want your mortgage deal. He's like, I got a realtor. I don't want and I'm like <laughs> sitting there thinking an app like Fenlocker, and this isn't me endorsing you whatsoever. You know, I've had conversations with my mom and I've been like, this is brilliant because um, I did one statistic about uh, it was 31% of my peers would prefer speaking face to face with a loan officer. So that sounds kind of contradicting to this whole virtual environment. You know, I thought people would avoid the face to face, but where I really think the value in that number comes is, 31% want to go talk to someone, but before they have that conversation, they're going to do a lot of independent research. 100%. Yeah. They're going to use different platforms to figure out what they need when they're ready so that they don't waste time talking to a loan officer. They're going to say, Hey, listen, I know I'm, I'm financially ready to do this. Let's have a conversation. And so that's where I've been really just doing this research, having conversations. There's a virtualization to my generation, 100%. Yeah. And if there's a solution that can help them to realize their financial readiness sparked on conversations via social media, influencers, people getting the conversation started and then going to buy a home, there's a middleman that's missing. And that's the financial readiness and the education. And I think your app has been so fun to, to click through and, and learn about. Um, I think just the fact that you have these very straightforward um, pages about financial readiness and like what goes into it, what it would look like, what to compare rent right now, you know, yeah. rent's not going down. So it's, I think it's so cool to learn about. And um, I'm excited to tell the individual that I talked about um, yeah. earlier in this conversation about, about your app and just how that would work. Um, but yeah, so it's, 
it's been really fun to learn about. Um, I think it's really developed a why. Like my mom wakes up every day and she's like, I get to help people get into a home. I think my why is, you know, I get to help kind of bridge that gap so that my generation doesn't miss out on an opportunity to own property or yeah. own a home. I, I love it. There's, again, so much to unpack. I know, um, sorry. I went no, on no. a huge elevator speech. This is, uh, these are the best conversations where I just kind of, I'm soaking it all in. The, um, I want to, I want to talk a little bit about the, the, you know, the 31% that, that want that, that face to face. That's one side of the equation, but there's still two thirds that have said they don't want it or it's not their preferred. But in, in today, anyway, from a regulatory perspective, there's always going to be a loan officer associated because the, you know, the regs say there needs to be an NMLS registered person you know, in the transaction. Um, how, and I think, I think I understand this, um, but I, I'd love to just get your kind of validation. The, the generation that you're kind of engaged with and learning from and that, that you're part of, um, while private, they want confidence and certainty before they, they, they you know, enter into exploring a, a transaction or a financial, you know, relationship, so to speak. Um, whereas if, if I think back, way back uh, when when I was buying a home and getting financing, although I was in the industry, um, I didn't really have a readiness journey or path. It was like, I know we don't want to rent anymore. We're starting a family, so we want to have a home. I guess we'll go apply. And, and it, I literally remember even, again, being in the industry, applying for a mortgage at my own company, kind of on pins and needles, not not knowing that this was a certain, you know, approval. And I, I just, my sense with your generation is you, you're, you want that certainty. You don't want to put yourself out there and, and have that, you know, the, the answer be no or not now. And so maybe, maybe talk about how, and I think that's why there's such a uh, success or energy around the financial literacy, financial education that I'm seeing happening on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and other platforms? A hundred percent. So one of the biggest sessions that I was really encouraged about was um, a mortgage collaborative conference a couple months ago. And Kristen Messerly was really talking about the importance of trust and just building trust with the buyer so that they feel confident enough to be vulnerable with you about a conversation like financial readiness. As I've had conversations, I have a a group of 10 girlfriends here, and they're really just my guinea pigs before I do these surveys. Uh, So (laughs) God bless them. They're amazing. Uh, But like, I'll be at a bar uh, on a Friday, and I'll be like, hey, let's talk home. And they're like, Allie, it's 5 o'clock on Friday. Let's talk. Yeah, right. Um, But when they do allow me to, you know, pick their brain, I've been like, so what do you guys think goes into buying a home? And I think every single person just talked about the down payment. Right. And I'm like, well, do you understand there's so many factors in order to even qualify for having that conversation or giving that money towards a down payment? Yeah. So um, one of the things that, you know, you talked about financial education, I've gone to I got to do a day on the hill with the Nashville NBA and my favorite relationship I made there. Uh, there's phenomenal people. But the most um, eye opening conversation I had was with someone who works in our housing development and um, works with first-time home buyers here in Nashville. Mm. And I told her about this initiative and how I'm really excited, you know, to kind of just talk about it, get some feelers out there so that we can kind of alleviate 
the lack of education and she was telling me about these initiatives that she really wants to be, you know, we had a conversation about the unpractical classes that people take in high school. Yeah. Um, and her movement is really working around bringing those financial literacy courses to high schools and just talking more about it because, you know, it sounds like you have kids and I think that next generation is going to be so lost in a virtual atmosphere if they aren't actually face-to-face -face at school, at least having conversations about right. financial readiness. So you mentioned, you know, financial education, financial readiness. If people in high school and have an app like Pinlocker and they have their ability to learn about it, it's going to be a much more comfortable conversation um, and a lot less vulnerability involved when people go to talk about financing a home with a loan officer. Yeah, imagine, yeah. imagine uh We'll take this all the way back to our, our opening when we talked about the sales team at Florida State and Michigan State. Imagine if there was a different program or team or club or activity. Course. Yeah. I or make so many crazy like history classes, <laughs> art renaissance from 1920, you know? Yeah. Why aren't we taking classes on how to build your credit, on the different things that go into being financially secure? You know, I... Yeah. What, um, I, my mom, she's going to count me when I'm sharing this, but I called her the other day because I got a, a ping alert from my bank that my credit went down or something. And our generation is aware that that is very bad. Right. Um, but I didn't really know why. Um, and so in order for me to check it or something, I, I ended up spending like $200 because I panicked. Yeah. And it was like, if I understood what goes into a credit score, why it gets hit, you know, what the different repercussions are, then I wouldn't have spent $200 on yeah. figuring out what the alert was. Um, and she was like, Allie. And I, uh, so talking with the first time home buyer specialist, you know, here in Nashville, she was like, nobody, people come to me with money, but they aren't financially ready to buy. Right. You know, I, um, you have a home affordability page in Finlocker and you talked about a car payment, credit card minimums child support. That's something I would never think, you know, I right. have a child, but you know, some people maybe have a child and they don't even, you know, there's different things that go into being financially, being able to afford a home. So I thought yeah. that was a cool page to look through. Um, and there's a lot of other things. So I just, I think education is huge. Well, it's, it's what I'm seeing in, in the kind of loan officer space, which I'm spending a lot of time in that space is, and probably not shocking, but I think it's eye-opening for people that aren't focused here. The the loan officers who are, who we're now calling finfluencers um, that are really kind of killing it. They're not just killing it with their their followers and the content. There's actually real pipelines behind what they're doing. It's a real business, um, and and so it's it's bringing this it's bridging this gap of this huge immense need that this the segment of consumers has and wants but it's now tying it into a business a practical business use case um and what you're doing with your your you know pet project which i love um is helping educate professionals on how they can think about being that that conduit of, of literacy and education to a segment build trust as Kristen talked about Right. Build a relationship, move away from 
being transactional and be more, you know, trans translational. Uh, a friend of mine, right. Steve Richmond, talks about bringing, you know, uh, transactions and relationships together, kind of forming this translation translationship uh, approach. And, and, and what you're doing is just super helpful there. Well, thank you. And I think something that I've learned and one of the speakers at NBA IMB really gave me a good nugget of advice, um, not when I'm on, but just in a session. And she said, you know, before you can ever ask for business, always build a relationship first, whether, yeah. and um, she said something like send three different resources outside of asking for business. And I think right now is a perfect time, you know, rates may not be amazing. The, the scarcity around buying a home may, may be high. Um, but if loan officers are taking the time, you know, your video on the SVB collapse, you know, as a 24 year old, I read headlines. I see, I'm still learning the industry. You know, I'm not hundred percent sure what this means, but it, it also was a call to action and it was a little bit optimistic. Um, and I think that if loan officers were taking the time to, instead of saying, Hey, let me talk to you about buying a home saying, Hey, let me explain this to you. Yeah. Um, this sounds really scary. I want to make sure you understand what this means. Um, that that's going to be the reason that people want to do. And I'm sure that that's just a sales. Well, a lot of people know that and that's a given, but in this type of atmosphere, I think it's really lost and transactional, like you yeah. said. Um, so I think loan officers have the power of social media. They can do it from the comfort of their home. You know, you right. said, I think you were in the car yesterday and it was like, yeah. I watched that whole video because it was like so educational for me. And as I've had conversations with my friends, you know, I have people who text me and they're like, Hey, I found a, a home that I really like. You want to help me finance it? And I'm like, I'm not licensed for that right now <laughs> because I post about it so much and I talk about it as my brand. People come to me in my circle because I'm seen like an expert. Yeah. Um, so loan officers who actually have the capability, you know, to talk about it all the time and be like, oh my gosh, did you see this? This is so cool their network's going to come to them, you know? So I yeah. think that social media is a great way to build that network and just build a relationship. I love it. Well, we, we covered a ton of so ground. Much. Sorry, awesome. I get so excited about this stuff. <laughs> no, it's been, this is super helpful. I, I am uh, excited for, uh, for your future. You're, you're one of the bright stars in our industry. Um, I've, I'm, I've got more hope for our industry because there's a lot of folks that are in your generation that are, that are coming into this and really, you know, kind of grabbing it by the horn. So thank yeah. you for, for all you're doing. Uh, thanks for joining my little podcast and thank sharing. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to share it. We're going to, we're going to have you back. Uh, Cause you, you know, if people aren't following you, they need to follow Allie. You're doing some great uh, content, um, great education. I'm learning every time you, you put something out there, it's helping me get better. So uh, follow you. Allie, check out active comply. Come back next Friday for our next episode of FinTech Fridays. Allie, thanks for joining. Thanks, Brian.